Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Welcome and bienvenidos to this very special episode, My Cultura Conversations. Our voices, our stories, our experiences. I'm your host, Wilmer Valderrama, and I had the pleasure of being joined by my friends, Adam Rodriguez, Stephanie Beatriz, and Jenica Lopez for a heartfelt conversation on Latinidad. Listen as we shine a light on our culture, our upbringing, language, and what we're hoping to build for the next generation of Latino creators. I'm so uh, excited we get to have a space to recruit on culture and heritage. And, you know, the purpose of this is to ultimately, you know, uh, reach down into our heart and just, you know, really remember it and think and trigger these emotions that kind of make our culture so colorful. And on Hispanic Heritage Month, we thought it was kind of excited to get us all here together, enjoy some delicious Latino food. And uh, talk a little bit about our beginnings, you know, when our culture defined who we were, when our culture told us that we could do anything, you know, based on, you know, we we're always talk about this and we've talked about this before that that's been the superpower. Mm. We'll always find a way to get there, you know. So I wanted to start, uh, I'll start with the ladies, you know. Um, Steph, maybe tell us a little bit about where you come from, what's your story, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, give us the moment when you realize your heritage was, was special. Mm, I mean, I was an immigrant to the United States. I am an immigrant to the United States. I came when I was a little under two. My dad is Colombian. My mom's Bolivian. Um, they moved all around South America when I was a kid, but then they landed in Texas. And I think growing up in Texas was really interesting for me because Yes, I was Latina. I am Latina. But also there were so many different kinds of immigrant groups that my mom met Mm. in Houston because of her connection to the Catholic Church. And so she kind of created this community for us. And so my sister and I were given the opportunity to see Latinidad, but like through the lens of a lot of our family friends who immigrated from lots of different communities. Mm -hmm. And like, that was really strange and interesting. And so like my upbringing became this kind of mishmash of like selectively picked things that came from, you know, like this food from here, this tradition from here, this thing from here. And especially because I grew up in Texas, I feel so connected to Mexican culture, Mm -hmm. Mexican people, Mexican music, Mexican heritage, but I'm not Mexican, but I love it. (laughs) Um, So that's really tricky too, right? Mm -hmm. This like idea that like you can be Latino, 
love parts of it, but also maybe sometimes feel like you don't belong to parts of it. And for me, it was really when I was maybe eight, a Frida Kahlo exhibit came through the art museum in Houston, the Houston Art Museum. And the exhibit was, I mean, I was eight. I probably not should have been. I was looking at it, you know what I mean? Because we've all seen her art. It's pretty yeah, intense. Yeah, it is. It but really it was is. also this idea that this woman that looked like me, that had tan skin and dark hair and spoke Spanish and, you know, became this world-renowned artist. So world-renowned that her work was traveling now all over the world. And here were self-portraits of her, and she wasn't perfect, and she had a unibrow, and mm -hmm. she had a... When I was a kid, I had scoliosis, and here she was in her back brace from her from her accident. And that, for me, was really the moment, was like wandering around the gallery and looking at these pictures, and then looking at the gallery full of people, all kinds of people, looking how they were affected by mm -hmm. what she created from her own pain, from her own literal physical pain and also her like mental journey that she was on and as a kid I just remember thinking like well maybe this is for me and mm -hmm. so that was the beginning of my journey as an artist first I started like you know drawing pictures at home and stuff and then I started getting really into finding books in the library that were art and then I started getting into like reading plays by Latino playwrights and were there any and how did how can I find them and am I just looking for names mm -hmm. and you know and at first it is that sort of you're just like kind of looking for anything, right? But yeah, that's sort of how it started for me. It's, an, it's a very beautiful and common origin story for all of us immigrants when you come to a place and you find another Latino community that mm -hmm. takes you in and invites you to the essence of what they are about. And yes. I think that's also very important, which also speaks to who we are as Latinos in America, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we bring our flags, we bring our heritage, you know? Speaking of, of the Mexican culture, uh, Janica, tell us a little bit about, uh, you had a um, quite an interesting upbringing and you were introduced to, to so many definitions, but at the core, you know, you, you, you are Mexican. Yes. So tell us a little bit about where you come from and, and, uh, and your heritage itself. Well, born and raised in LA, Long Beach specifically, where my mom was also raised, raised by a beautiful Latin woman, strong, powerful. My grandparents also came, were immigrants, they came with nothing from Mexico. My dad as well, he raised me, he's from Nayarit, and I just feel like all I had was family. Mm -hmm. You know, growing up, like, all, that's all I knew. Even in school, like, I would gravitate towards to Latinos because I didn't feel like I necessarily belonged in the other crowd. And, and I don't know, it was just, it, growing up, it made me feel so proud because I saw how my grandparents came. My mom worked her whole life to bring us to this position that we are now. We had, you know, obviously reality TV, we were in, um, we had a lot of different opportunities. And thankfully, my mom worked, quite frankly, her whole life for mm -hmm. my siblings and I were a family of five. So, and she was a single mom. So it was never easy for her because she was always bullied as well. She had difficulties. And I think that's my main inspiration. Like she definitely rose up from nothing. And with me, I saw it in the back end, a lot of people just kind of see when we're in this light or kind of as artists, like people only see a certain picture. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, I, get, I, I had the privilege of seeing what she went through and I kind of wanted to give that to people as well. Like, it's not easy. I had lost both my parents super young. Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't relate to anybody. And especially with Latino culture, you're not necessarily allowed to mm -hmm. express yourself or be vulnerable. It's kind of like get up and do it, which to a certain extent, that's totally 
in work-wise, I feel like it's allowed. But when it comes to emotions, I feel like it's it's a sensitive subject for me. It's like, I want to be able to talk about what I'm feeling. So that's where I kind of got that inspiration to just speak for Latinos and help people, at least in my generation, like, it's okay to talk about your feelings and to say I love you or to raise your children this certain way or be there for your family and kind of just be that guidance for this you know, specific mm-hmm. generation. Do you think that it's a, some of that crossroads of being Mexican and American at the yeah. same time, you know, also a, allowed you to create that skill that yeah. more like you weren't really allowed to, uh-huh. to talk about vulnerabilities as, as yes. a Latino, you know, but then you come to America and you're like, oh, but you know, I feel like I have a freedom to kind of like stretch a little bit. You feel like that was exactly. kind of like a moment where I feel yeah. like it's a defining moment for this new generation. Exactly. Too. And I feel like I, I, at least for myself, like I feel like Latinos and Mexicans specifically are very united in a sense. Everybody holds their hand like, OK, you're part. We're part of each other. Like, let's help each other. And when it comes to like other groups or Amer- um, Americans and it's kind of just meshing it together, like, OK, let's let's all be together. Mm-hmm. Let's all do this together. Like everyone struggles in certain ways and specific ways. Yeah. Let's all help each other grow. Yeah, that's awesome. Adam. Yeah, that's the hope, right? That's 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 what we should be doing. You know, for me, my experience, I'm actually my on my mother's side, I'm already third generation American in this country. And then uh and my father's side, my father was first generation, his parents, mother from Cuba, father from Puerto Rico. So I had a different experience. You know, I watched these people sort of that that were on my father especially, you know, being first generation and working hard to prove something and to assimilate into the culture here in America and at that time for me you were where you were I was in New York I bounced back and forth between the Bronx and then a suburb called New City which is about 30 minutes outside of the Bronx and so I I got a taste of two very different worlds for sure growing up and it was a beautiful thing because you know there in the Bronx everybody um Everybody lived in the same house. There was a, a three-family house, basically, and on each floor was an apartment, and, you know, somebody in my family lived on each of those floors, and so it was like Grand Central Station. There didn't matter. You could be with my great-grandmother, who didn't speak any English at all, or I could be with my grandmother on the top, my aunt in the middle, and, you know, spent a lot of time in that house around a big mix of different people. But for the most part, everybody was either black or Latino, and mm-hmm. um, it was a beautiful place to be because the common denominator was love. And then up in Rockland, where I lived, it was predominantly white community. And uh, in, in my elementary school, I mean, there were probably five kids of color, myself and my sister included, you know, maybe eight if I'm going to stretch it out. But so it was a very different environment. And it was great because I got exposure to um, different types of people, different cultures, uh, big exposure to Jewish culture. A lot of kids at that school were Jewish. And it opened my eyes to the thing that I've tried to take with me for the rest of my life. Like my culture instilled in me a love for people, a love for family, a love for being together, showing affection for music, for being loud and and not holding back about being either angry or happy. I mean, if you want to go, let it loose. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how it was, you know, in the environment I grew up in. And I'm glad, I'm grateful for it because it's it's been healthy in my life. If I got something on my mind, I'm going to get it off my chest. If, if I'm happy, you're going to know it. If I'm not, let's get past it. You're going to know it, but let's get past it so we could get back to the, the love part of it all. What I did see, my father was heavily involved in the Puerto Rican community in, uh, in New York, a lot of organizations. It's one called Somos Uno that he was involved with heavily and, uh, and just always worked towards in, in you know, jobs where he was doing his best to help the community. Mm-hmm. 
uh, whether that was in hospitals, or he practiced law for a little while. He went, he moved to Boston for some years and got a law degree. But uh, I, you know, when I when I think about all the things that mattered to me, you know, because language, I didn't I didn't learn to speak Spanish growing up. You know, my, both my parents spoke it. They spoke it to each other. They were at work all the time. By the time they got home from work, the day was pretty much done, and and trying to teach us Spanish was just not on the agenda. And <laughs> you know, and at that time. I think there was a feeling that it was, you know, the culture wasn't celebrated the way that it is now the same way. And so oh God, there was like a little thing. stigma, you know, and we don't want you to have an accent. We don't want you to, you know, there was, there was this thing about assimilating. And so none of my friends, we all spoke English. Everybody was, you know, for the most part, I didn't have any friends that weren't born in, in, in the States. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends, we're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are old enough and young enough right to to remember the one generation that says in america you speak english mm -hmm. and then those parents are like english yeah and then this new generation is like where is my spanish yeah. <laughs> like that's what yeah. i want to do yeah. you know yeah i think the difference there i mean for me as i grew up and why well, i've tried to improve my spanish over time and it's gotten better it's still sad but it's gotten better <laughs> but you know what's interesting about the journey of it was that for a long time i felt guilty about it yeah. because you run sure, into people sure. 
you know, right away they speak Spanish and, you know, this spit the little bit that I you know, get as far in the conversation as, you know, as, yeah. as I'm capable of. And then and then there was always that look of disappointment, like, ah, oh, either your parents did a bad job or, yes. or, or you're not real. You're not really Latino, you know, you know, you know, yeah. whatever the feeling was. And I remember it's not a good feeling, yeah. but it helped me because what I learned from it was like, wait a minute, I'm actually American. I was born here. You don't say to some kid whose last name is Schmidt, like, hey, well, how's your German? Right. You know, right. guarantee doesn't yeah. speak German, you know, or somebody with an Italian surname or whatever it is. And I just it actually made me stand up for myself and realize the reason that I wish I knew how to speak Spanish is the same reason I wish I knew how to speak 10 other languages sure. yeah. to communicate with people, yeah. to bond with people, to share an experience, to communicate my thoughts or my feelings and have mm -hmm. it be understood mm -hmm. in a in a language that's familiar to somebody. And, and part of that lesson, and I'll, I'll tie it back to my, my great-grandmother who didn't speak a word of English, but we adored each other. I learned that communication, the most important part of communication, you know, the, the language of your colonizer, whether it's English, French, Spanish, or whatever, is really inconsequential. It's a wonderful thing to have, an incredible tool. But I stopped, I stopped associating the language yeah. itself with my culture because I felt like the language really doesn't have as much to do with the culture as people like to believe. It's how you live, yeah. it's how you live your life. It's how you treat your family you and the do. things you do to celebrate life itself. Mm -hmm. And whatever that tongue is, yeah, God bless you. You speak Spanish. I'm wonderful. Let's speak Spanish. You know, and if you run across somebody that doesn't speak it well, be kind and, right. you know, and find a way to connect because it's just about the connection. You know, that's all people are looking for. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my God, oh, he's Mexican. I'm Mexican. Yeah. We're Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. At the end of the day, I'm at the point in my life, I don't give a what you are, really. Right. That's not what's important to me. Mm -hmm. What kind of person are you when we come and we sit across the table? Yeah. You know, how do you treat the people around you? How do you, right. how do you treat the people in your space? Mm -hmm. Then if we have all these other things that we can share, wonderful. But for me, I don't start there. You right. know what I mean? I, I don't start or finish there. No, that's that's a wonderful sentiment too. What do you, what do you think? Sarah? I mean, I think I, I went through something similar. I mean, I, my parents were really adamant that we try to assimilate i think you know and i don't think they use that language but they spoke english with us as much as possible in the house my sister really didn't speak any spanish at all growing up i spoke it was my first language and then you know speaking to like connection last year my dad passed away and right before he passed my aunt came from colombia she was there for a week before he died. And she loves to cook. She loves to bake. She was making tons of food. My sister loves to cook, loves to bake. And by the time my aunt left, maybe like a month and a half later, my dad was gone already. She was going to go back to Columbia. Um, we convinced her to stay for another like month in LA. <laughs> and I overheard her and my sister in the kitchen, like in this kind of mixed bag of like little bits of Spanish, little bits of English. And it really took, I think it took my dad dying hmm. and losing that connection to our family and seeing her aunt there for her to sort of pick herself up by her bootstraps and go like, I gotta try, I gotta try. Even if it's, you know, you quote unquote trash, too, right? Though, right? Yes, because it's so safe. scary, it's it's so no scary. And your whole family's like, you know, like everyone's making fun of you or whatever. And it's such a, that's why with my cousins, I really try to encourage them. With my own kid, I'm going to try to encourage her to learn Spanish if mm. she wants to. I, I think, I mean, talking about like, oh, I get too deep into it. But like, there's some languages that when you think of them, they're these like beautiful, romantic, like, sure. eh. And I don't think Spanish always has that 
attached to it for however many reasons we can do a whole another podcast. But, <laughs> but I think for me, I want to create that sort of like beauty around the language. Mm -hmm. And if that's something that I can tap into and connect with, and that's really cool. It's such right. a shame that our parents felt like. Mm -hmm. Well, it's survival, right? It's you come survival. To a place, you're going to do what you have to you do. You have to do to it. Make it. Yeah, right? you, you got to do here, what you need to do. I don't want you to be behind. I don't want you to like and have. Yeah. And do it in the, in the sake of survival, I, I just, my perspective is so crazy because it's like the flip, right? I didn't know how to speak English, right? right? So I came to, I'm, I'm Colombian, Venezuelan, right? I was born in Miami, but when I was three years old, my parents moved back to Venezuela. And I was raised in Venezuela until I was 14. Now, back then, the Bolivar and the dollar were like almost one in one because the oil and everything in Venezuela was thriving. So my dad moved back where the work was. So we left the United States. My dad and my mom met there. My dad, like, he swears that he speaks English, you know? And like, he definitely, you know, he definitely gets the groceries at home. You know? He can get, he <laughs> so can get by. Worked, yeah, he's yeah. surviving. You know, he definitely, he definitely <laughs> brought the, the, the food home. So I think obviously something worked along the way. And my mom just doesn't speak English. When I came to the United States, that was my first job, to learn how to speak English desperately. But I had the craziest accent at 14, 15 years old, right? And like, so when you think about that, you think of people uh, also somehow stereotyped an accent with like, you're inferior, you're uneducated, mm -hmm. or you know, you're, 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 you're naive, you put in the box, you know? When it's the opposite, right? It's yeah. like, this person knows two languages. Well, Damn, they're an asset. Well, I'll tell you something that was crazy. Like, when I came to the United States, for two years after I had arrived, I was getting straight A's in every class, and I didn't even know how to speak English. And people were like, how? Like, you're obviously cheating. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not cheating. And what happens is that in Latin America, the academic levels, I had already learned what they were teaching me at like sixth and seventh grade two years prior to that. So I was seeing it all over again like two years yeah, later. And yeah. I was like, oh, I kind of already yeah, know yeah. this, but I don't know how to speak English. That, that sounds yeah. about right for our education you system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the point is that, you know, I was told, hey, you know, you got to speak English, right? And, I, and so I learned how to speak English right away. I was able to keep the Spanish. Spanish is my first language. But then the contradiction of when you become an artist. Yeah. Mm. Where like, okay. if you're on TV, at the time where I started, you're not supposed to have an accent. If you're if yeah. you're a Latino, yeah. no matter what color you are, you speak perfect English when you're on yep. television. Yeah. Now you allow yourself to have colors in film and television, you know. So I'm curious for for you all as artists, what was that one moment? I know that Frida really inspired you. I wonder what was that moment where you said like, "Oh, that's me. That's mm -hmm. like who I am." No matter which you know what version or what level of Latino we are, and that's not color levels, but like yeah, yeah. where I'm at in the in the, in the Latino uh, meter, this is not only me, but I identify as in that culture. Is there a moment that 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 came to you that you said, "Oh, this is why I'm." Oh my God! Well, I, I don't know. I feel like I was raised with such like, you're Mexican. This is your family. You have TVs and cameras in front of you, and it felt like kind of embarrassing because for I had to. Speak when did Spanish. you realize? I'm so curious. Now. When did you realize? Oh, um. Oh where uh, my family's very famous. <laughs> oh, there was one time where my mom showed up to my school and she it was a talent show and she brought mariachi. I think I was the only Mexican-American girl there. Everybody else was like Puerto Rican or American. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, all right, thanks, mom, whatever. She sang her mariachi songs and it felt really nice because everybody was so amazed. And it's like, and not 
for me, it wasn't just the person, but it was just the culture, like mm -hmm. in the dress. I mean, and so the, yeah. Yes, yeah. and it was beautiful. And then when it came to like filming the reality show and all that, they needed us to do bilingual. And my mom raised us obviously just English, which kind of sucked because obviously my grandparents speak just pure Spanish. So when we did interviews, like it was just a little harder. And, you know, we would get comments back like, oh, it's well, how they call it. Pochos, pochas, yeah, you see exactly. So, <laughs> and it just felt like I don't want, I'm, I, guess, yeah. I guess I am, and yeah. that's totally fine. I'm working on it. I've yeah. worked on it over the years, but I've embraced my culture. I've embraced mm -hmm. like what it is. Like my family's loud and crazy, and I just, I'm still gonna love you. My Hispanic culture, I just love me a little bit back. So you're like, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't speak it that well, yeah. but I'm doing my best and I'm carrying it on and everything. And that, that when you said like, oh, I want to carry it on to my children, it's like, I hope to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's so important. And I feel like for me, the reason why they spoke to me just in English was also because in school you had to be in a specific class, the ESL. Oh, yeah. Was yes. class, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like in order, let's let's save you from that class and let's just speak in English sure. to you so that way you don't have to run into yeah, that there problem. Was no saving me. I exactly. Was, I was ready <laughs> to at least here it's like, okay, I get it, but I wish I was spoken to more in Spanish because I would speak it better. It would just look, you know, I would rather know two languages than just one. Sure. So for me, I think as the years keep going, I'm just like, this is just what I am. This is who I am. This is how my mother raised me. This is how my family, I grew up with my cousin speaking English. Like, I have the culture. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm going to still carry it on. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make you any less no. Mexican-American or no. any less of whatever. You know, the people with that mindset for me, I just don't have time for it, man. Like, well, I mean, you're not pushing things forward. You're, you're, so if that's your mindset, you're, you're holding things back. You know, yeah, life is too short. And what is, so what was the moment? I'm so curious. I, I, mean, I don't think I've ever asked you this in, in our friendship. Uh, we've known each other our entire careers. You know? And um, I'm so, uh, what was that moment where you were like, oh, I know my entire family has never done this. I think I can do this. I know the moment that I decided I wanted to be an actor, you know, when I really knew. I, I'll tell you what, growing up, Watching TV, they, uh, as, as I'm sure everybody knows, I mean, there's a very limited number of Latino faces you saw on television. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember Chips being a huge show when I was a kid, and you had Eric Estrada, yep. Fantasy Island, you had Ricardo Montalban that was on there. I think Eric Estrada was our, like, you know, Captain America. He was <laughs> at that time, right? Because, You're the only you know, guy we had. He kind of transcended yeah. even being Latino at that time. Yeah. You know, he was a sex symbol. He was... Musician. You know, look, for, for whatever it was that he was doing, and I probably don't even know the half because yeah. I was so little, sure. but it was... watching in Spanish. It was... No, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. crazy. That jawline, baby. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I remember that, that, right? Uniform, yeah. Man in uniform, you know, on a motorcycle, you know, yeah. he had it going on. So, in terms of faces that were out there, and then a little later, Isai, you know, Isai Morales sure. was a big influence, you know, in terms of just seeing somebody... I mean, he was brilliant in that movie, especially, you know, but I remember him even from Bad Boys with Sean Penn in the early oh, 80s. Yeah, um, of course. So those were fake. Raul Julia, of course. You know, there, there were some, but I mean, come on, man. I'm, I'm struggling to name five, <laughs> okay? And, you know, especially Latin men, very few. Mm -hmm. You know, our women have been a, a bit more well-represented, you know. I think that their beauty and their allure in that way has been attractive across the, the, the board to people. and, and it, Yeah, and, and, and welcomed. What about those tickets, of us that are nerds? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the nerds weren't even born yet. They didn't exist. 
<laughs> nerds didn't even exist yet. Yeah, they hadn't we been conceived. Yeah, we were there nerds too. hadn't been conceived, right? I mean, completely ignored. Completely yeah. ignored. So yeah, just, yeah. You yeah. try to think back of like, yeah. how was I influenced? Where did I see it? And you know what I thought was really interesting was you saying like, no one else in my family has done this. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for the little the the barrage of Latino yes. nepo babies yes. as we like, yes. you know. Yes. I mean, I'm making a joke, but it's like no, that's real. It's so exciting to mm -hmm. think about like what we're all doing and like and the and our peers and how we're all like Absolutely. moving through different forms of art and different expressions of art and different and different ways to reach our our communities mm -hmm. people that identify as part of our communities and people that don't mm -hmm. and like it's really thrilling because there was so little of it we were right. just like starving and we need to be represented so we can break through to those other communities yeah. too because i was influenced by way more actors or yes, actresses right. that were not of latin right. any kind of latin descent yeah. than than of latin descent that so, you just like the work or you like the stories because they were there yeah they were the ones that were there it also so, talks about know, the the colorless generation that we have kind of somehow force ourselves to grow up and be inspired by right like i never saw myself as a latino actor right. i never saw myself as a yeah. brown actor right. i was just like Oh, I can do comedy. I can do that role. I can, I can do this. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so a lot of what a lot of what happens, and I'm. It's so funny that you mentioned like, what about us the nerds? Because now there is a real exciting, uh, colorful rainbow of performers that are you know that really take the big section of like who we are as Latinos on screen. And there's so much about storytelling. And you talk about new mediums, and I, you know, it, was there was there an image to where you were like, oh, I'm gonna do that, even though like, my whole family's like, what? I, you know, it was really because I didn't know anyone in the entertainment industry at all. So it was like for me, it started in theater, but I just didn't know how it was going to happen. You know, there was an actress in theater that I when I was sort of starting my theater career and like trying to like see more theater and see more plays. And I had gone to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and there's an actress named Vilma Silva and she's Latina and she was playing the lead in I think it was. Taming the Shrew, and I was like this in the audience, like, mm. like I couldn't believe that I was seeing this woman it was possible doing this, sudden, you know, yeah. and like, but my family just didn't. They were like, I don't know, yeah, like, you want to be a what? You're like, you want to do what? Yeah, I mean. I'm guessing it was slightly different for you because it was like somebody already had opened some of those doors and been like, "What's behind exactly. here?" Exactly. And I kind of, I didn't want to. I'm very private. I'm a very shy person. I wanted to keep my life private until I realized I have this power, this platform to be able to share my story because I'm not the only one. Like, it's enough that I'm Mexican-American and then I also have this platform that people feel like they can't relate to me or to anybody in my circle or people, you know, actresses, actresses, like, they can't relate. But it's like, no, I, I want to be able to open it up and show you guys, like, we're just as human as you. We grew up all the same. I've gone through almost similar things if different things and if I if we have nothing to relate to let me help you mm, let's find it yeah, yeah let's find it there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables ooh yum and how you get the most out of select can't miss events with access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now you see that our culture has been expanded in all kinds of media, right? Like all kinds of platforms and genres and all that. And, you know, we come full circle to podcasting, which is a new frontier for Latinos. And you think about, you know, I know you're no stranger to it. And obviously you're no stranger to it, too. Um, and you also have a lot of uh, podcast experience, too. But I, that when I think about podcasting, I think about this, this new frontier for Latinos to discover not only, you know, not only an ocean of versions of them, you know, but stories that perhaps are not ready for a movie, perhaps they're not ready for a TV show, and it's just like another medium that really expands. Exactly. And it's a very exciting one because this is one we can really control. This is one where we can really create the narrative and we can really find it. And one of the things that I'm incredibly proud of for my Cultura Podcast Network is they get out of the way and we empower. We just like tell the story, you go, you go, you know? What was your feeling? What was your experience with podcasting? What, you know, what trigger, what emotions? And then did it fascinate you, the fact that like you can entertain people on, because you did scripted. You know? I'm done scripted. Yeah. I'm done like non-scripted. Um, you know, it's, as you were talking about it, I thought one of the things we're doing right now is like we're sitting around you know, shooting the shit. like, mm-hmm. and I think that that, I mean, whatever kind of family or family group or chosen family you come from, that is a part of connecting with your family. And like that traditionally, like when I think about my family's tradition, like Noche Buena is a big one where we're like, oh, right. we're up until midnight. We're up until midnight. And like, there's a lot of wine, there's a lot of food. People are just talking and like, everyone's going around telling a story. It's so loud. Everyone's voices are like on top of each other, but like the storytelling and the sharing of like 
Mm. particularly the specific family history, our specific stories of that family and what we've been through and what we've lived through and how funny it was or how sad it was Mm. and how hard it was or how beautiful it was, it all gets rehashed on those holidays. And I think in a small way, I think that that's what podcasting and storytelling through podcasts can do because it's just audio, right? Like the family's not sitting down to watch like all of our family movies. We're telling each other, mm-hmm. we're reliving it with each other. We're telling each other, or we're like talking about something that I, I mean, I can't tell you how many holidays I've had where I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like where you're just finding stuff out all the time. And I think that that's part of it. Right. Absolutely. And look, I mean, how often are the four of us going to be in the same space together, right. share our stories, get to know each other, give people a chance to get to know us without formats like this you know i mean who knows Mm -hmm. you know hopefully a lot hopefully there's plenty of work that's going to be had and we'll get to celebrate and tell stories together but to actually share our experiences that i'm sure many people can relate to some version of our experience or another like you know it is wonderful to have a place where people can actually go source that no and what an important tradition to start be able to pass down and historically record some of our thoughts some of our stories some of our genres some of our you know, some of our lessons, you know, through this medium that can be passed down and be heard generations and generations. What's been your experience so far? What was the most special thing of making your show? Oh my God. Well, first of all, just, I think my cultura, the network itself, like for someone Latino specifically to find a place, like I said before, like I'd never felt like I had a place like in school because I was Latina or Mm -hmm. now there's a specific network that you can find and different podcasts to relate to different stories exactly it's a community and everybody's like oh wow i can connect with this person and this person and for me it's the same thing storytelling for me it's healing i heal my inner child talking about these things or experiences that i didn't get to have Mm. as a child and hearing my guests and hearing their experiences as well and kind of just bring some truth into light of how you know our traumas and growing up, it was never easy, but at the end of the day, we had our family, we mm-hmm. had people to connect with. And I think that for me, when I created the podcast, like it, it took me a couple of years. It was always an idea in the back of my head. Like, I wanna do it, but I'm too shy. Will people mm-hmm. watch it or whatever? And I'm like, you know what, F- it, let me just do it. Yeah. And whoever will listen, will listen, and who can connect, will connect. And for me, that's the most important part, especially, you know, being Latina, like traumas are, there's a lot of traumas sadly, but they're so healing and so rewarding as well. And to be able to have these recorded and to show the future generations like, okay, let's talk about it, let's heal mm-hmm. it, and let's see what we can move on and get better in the next generation. Yeah. Um, and so as we wrap our beautiful conversation, by the way, there a lot of a lot of honesty and a lot of love has been shared and it's really fun to relive and I'm so uh, excited that you guys were able to get this person to know what your stories and your origin because we never get a chance to like really celebrate like how did the when that it happened, you know? As we kind of close down our chat, those two things. I wanted to ask, like, what specific Latino tradition we're passing down to the next gen? Um, that would be one that I'd love for everyone to, to answer. Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just kidding, just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> It's the easiest one to hand yeah, over, you know, right. that's yeah, for sure. You can have, be a perfectly excused from it too, because yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. And then the last thing is, you know, what advice would you give somebody who is being inspired by this conversation and saying, not only I want to be me, but I want to do what they do? Mm. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just, if you are inspired to be yourself, I think most importantly, I know that sounds so cliche, but 
I know people are, get embarrassed or ashamed sometimes from where they come from. And it's like, no, like own it, learn from it and kind of just be who you are. Don't be afraid to like step out, do whatever you need to do. And who will love you will love you. And that's it. And mm-hmm. if they don't, they're not meant to be a part of your life. Right. So I think Spanish. I think I'm going to pass the, that truth. No, yeah. like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to teach the kids Spanish. Oh, I feel like rather, rather know two more languages than just one. So <laughs> what about you? In terms of tradition or like passing down, I think a lot of it for our family is going to be food. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big way to connect with the, my ancestors who have passed. Right. Um, and things like, I mean, I'm not really religious, but I love the tradition of Noche Buena. I think it's so fun. It's so exciting for, I, I see my, like all my little cousins, like losing their minds, you know, like waiting for midnight. Um, that's, so that's something that I think is just going to be like really stuck in. Yeah, no, yeah. it makes a memory. You yeah. make a memory. It's more fun. Mm-hmm. And like, I think my advice, I mean, my advice is very practical. Is it dumb to say no, practical? No, listen, no, but if, if there's a tool for yeah. every house. Yeah. Save your money. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think, like... My dad definitely didn't teach me that. I mean, <laughs> my father. I think, like, because... I, that was not I, passed down to me. I, I feel like I grew up in a lot of lack. There was a lot of lack in my household. And I think when there's a lot of lack, and it's not for everyone, not everyone's experience is this, but when there is a sense of lack, there can be a sense of like, I'm going to lose everything that I have, or I'm going to, you know, if I make money, like it's going to just go away. So I better just spend it now, you know? And I wish someone had said to me earlier, like, it's going to come and go, but there's a way to learn how to be smart with it. And financial like smartness, I don't know what yeah, financial literacy. No, financial it's, it's for everybody. Yeah, like it, there's access, yes. access points for everyone. Yes. The internet is the greatest library there's ever been. You know, don't go down a rabbit hole, but like, no, go down a rabbit hole. I, yeah. yeah, go down yeah. a rabbit sure, hole. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, but I think that's a beautiful thing because it's like 100%. just opening up that conversation. I mean, yeah, my, my parents didn't have no. And when so you don't have, you teach. feel guilty that's about. Well, you also feel guilty about even bringing the subject up. Because yeah. the last thing you want to talk about is something you don't have. Like, yeah, I don't want to talk about money if I don't have it. If we're right. barely right. putting we're barely food on the like, table, I don't want to talk about that. I remember my mom writing yeah. checks at the grocery store, and I'd be like trying to learn how to write a check, looking over her shoulder. She'd be like, "With it!" Like she yeah. would make me yes. go away because she was nervous about like yeah. mentally balancing mm. how yeah. she was going to do what it all. Gonna do mm. now? Yeah. yeah, and like so. Even if that's how I grew up or, or whatever, when I think about, especially like young artists yeah. yes. coming into a business that is, there's lots of variables. It's like, save your money. Like, mm-hmm. you don't. Yes, you're going to have your highs and lows. And if you want to be able to make good choices, you got to have some money in the bank to yeah. support <laughs> those choices. And wanting to like yeah. go out and like do it big and like get that <laughs> fancy purse or whatever. But like, yes. that purse. Said you back. Yeah. Said yeah. you back. Yeah. You know? So yeah, no, I, I, that's very boring. But no, I'm no, no, no. It's actually, it. believe it or not, it's probably one of the most important things for any future artist to understand mm-hmm. that you know it's not just like quitting everything you know because you're about to be this. Mm-hmm. Is that you have to pave a road and a runway so you could really give it the best shot at becoming who you want to become. Also, and, like we're we're like on the cusp of creating a new world in which. There's generational wealth in the United States for Latinos. Mm-hmm. It's happening now. It's already right. happening, you know, and there's going to be more and more of us that are giving that to our families and trying to, like, get things in place to have that be mm-hmm. the truth. And, like, that's so exciting to me to think about, like, 
it doesn't have to be what you grew up with. It could For be sure. something totally Absolutely. different. Mm-hmm. But it's great that you open that people's minds to that. Like I, I try to pass down that same advice very often, well, as often as possible, because yeah. I think it's critical. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, I'm with Stephanie on, on everything, just of everything we've talked about here. Yes. Food is a big thing. Food and, 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 and music were music big things, her. you know, um, because I think those things, they just, they stay with you in a way that no matter where you are in the world, no matter what's going on in your life, when those things, you smell something that's familiar or you taste something familiar or you hear music, you know, that those things I think just have a way of, uh, of touching our soul that, that I, whatever it is, whether some of it's Spanish music, whether some of it's American music, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think it's about creating the memories. Like when you create the memory around the thing, the thing has relevance. You know, by itself, it's like, okay, it's a plate of ceviche. But if I used to eat ceviche with my grandmother, then we had music in the background and the smell of that and something else going on. All of a sudden, you're transported. And those are the things you can take with you no matter where you are in life, no matter whether you're up or down. Or those are the things that I think give us no, hope and, and, and inspiration. The recipes are codes. Right? Yes. Are codes to our memories and to our heritage. For sure. Yes, history. Just, this was what was available. This is what we did with it. Yeah. This is how we. By felt the way, most of it. our amazing cuisine is because that's what was available. Of course, you know, and it's yeah. a, it's a beautiful thing to think about that this was food that was that was capable and possible for everyone in the community, and yeah. generally with love. Oh, oh yeah, course. and yeah. I love what you said. Be you, you know, be yeah. you. Everything that that feels like to you, because you know, your mom came from here and your dad came from here. Whatever, embrace all of it because that is you. Be that. Be embrace that. You know, and then be who you want to be, but embrace that. Because that is the the foundation, you know, whatever that is. Um, no, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm so. Uh, my advice, though, I didn't get to give my. Oh, I thought your advice was the. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but no, 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 no. but no, no, just my little advice. No, no, it's a little, just the little thing is like continue the dialogue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to have these conversations. Ele- elevate the level of conversation you have with your friends. And if you're not having good conversation with your friends, get better friends. You know, talk about things that are meaningful. We're living in a time where. You know, so much of what's thrown at us that we're bombarded with, whether it's, you know, coming from TV, radio, whatever radio is now, like so many things are vibrating at a low frequency right now. When, whenever and wherever you can do it, elevate. You know, elevate the conversation. You know, and I do avoid love a little lowbrow moment here and there. It's okay, to dip <laughs> in. You got to dip in every little, once in a while. You know, moment. yeah. But I'm saying, don't live there. Yeah. You know, don't live there. It's just easy to do. So I think for me, it's gonna be making sure that my daughter knows how to salsa dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, as oh. number one, I think that uh, um, she absolutely loves dancing so we know for a fact that they didn't fall far (laughs) um and like one simple advice is so important to have a plan but it's even more important to be bold you got to be bold you can't be timid with your ideas you have to be you have to be bold with your talent and who you feel you are you know and i think uh and never forget that you know your heritage is really a part of your superpower Mm. and that that's the identity that gives you that fire to actually get it done really trust that your heritage has given you this uploadable decode in there that I will upload when you have the next challenge and it will get you through it, you know? So I would say trust your gut and then, you know, swing for the fences every single swing. But with that, thank you so much for being part of the Michael Tuda family and, um, and really, really grateful that you will share your stories.
This has been a production of My Cultura Podcast Network in partnership with Word Agency and WV Sound. For more podcasts, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care and we'll see you there.